I mean, you mentioned it. You, you kind of just broached it a little bit. But once you get that position, let's say you do make it, right? You get hired by this company. Now you're working. What's going to set you apart from everyone else after that? You mentioned leaving after when the boss leaves and everything. But now you're a full-time position, right? And, and you've been in there maybe for a few years. And you're not happy with, with the position you currently hold or you haven't been promoted like you wanted to or salary raise, you name it, right? How do you take where you are now? and elevate yourself to the next level to get to that position of your boss or supervisor, you name it. Well, so the first part of that is to get to the level of your boss, it's got to be quality of work. You know, in the trades, I think just as in most industries, but I think probably more so in the trades, unless you've got some really weird politics above you. But most people that are running trades companies, if you've got somebody young who comes in and they, let's, and again, I'm going to stay with masonry work for just this yeah. example, yeah. but we could do electrical work. If you come in and do a great job mm-hmm. and you're laying 10% more bricks an hour than, than, than the old guys, which may be hard to do at first, but because some of these old, these old buzzards can flat out lay some brick, man. Fly. they can fly. I've seen it with my own two eyes. It's crazy. But anyway, the point is, whatever it is, is you, you need to show continued improvement and then beyond continued improvement, a hunger to get more training to learn. And when someone sees that they got somebody who, who really enjoys the work, wants to be really good at the work, and they want to move up within that company, that's that's a whole lot of money for a trades company right now. You know, so I'll use the example of an electrician. So let's say you're a young electrician. I recently had some work done at my house and uh, we added a room and we did a little bit of renovation. So we hired an electrical firm. And the first one that came out, these dudes, man, stereotypical, you know, what's up, bro? Pot smoking. <laughs> like I just, and they work the same way they talk. And so we ended up hiring another firm and they got, they came out and they, they gave us a young guy and man, he was, first of all, I know nothing about electric. Okay. I can barely plug the toaster in. And this kid came out, did a great job, explained everything to me in detail. I mean, I had no idea what he was saying, but he was showing me, here's what we did, why we did it. And just gave me full update. Everything's great. This is what went wrong here. We reworked mm-hmm. what the what the pot smokers did, and here's how we did it. It should be fine. And he just was so thorough. And not only was he thorough, um, he was just so respectful and polite. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd have left him in the house alone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he built such a connection with me in a short amount of time that I would have left the kids and the dogs with him. Mm-hmm. And I think. So it is quality of work and quality of character. If you're in an environment that is healthy enough where they they can give you a ladder and they need workers, I think you're going to be fine. I think you'll move up pretty quick. The only way you wouldn't is, again, in an unhealthy environment. So to that end, if you're in that situation, then you go find another place, which is like we need more leaders and management level. And, And healthy companies in the trades right now They'll yeah. do that because they That's need right. more stars. For sure. That's right. And so if they can move you from, from this level to this level and you and you help them find more of you out there and you help them train more of you, well, you're worth your weight in gold. That's right. Ken, let's talk about leadership. So Walker, he kind of hit on it. And I know you talk about transaction relationships and how you get out of that and talk to your boss. I also know, you know leadership, the first person you lead is yourself. And for our generation coming into construction, I think it's really imperative to, to have a growth plan to start trying to learn and push yourself as you come into construction. But talk a little bit about how 
How do we learn how to lead ourselves but while also learning to lead up and talk to our boss and move from that transaction relationship and make it that relationship that means something? I love this question. Absolutely love it. So we have two parts. Let's talk about leading yourself first. So first, let's start with the context. You need to understand what this question means. What, what does it mean to lead yourself? It's a fabulous question. So let's look at first the context of the world. Most people just let life blow them along like a tumbleweed on one of those country western movie yeah. sets. They let life happen to them. And there's not a lot of intentionality. It's just, here we go. And whatever life throws at me, it's kind of like laying on a raft in the ocean, you know, and wherever the waves and the current take you, that's where you're going. Right. That's not leading yourself. Yeah. Leading yourself is what leadership is to others for yourself. So leadership to others is, this is the vision of where we're going. Yeah. Here's why we are going there. Here's how we will get there. And I'm going to serve you to, to give you what you need to play your part in getting us there. That's leadership in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Vision, this is where. Purpose, this is why. Yep. Mission, this is how we're going to get there. And then I'm going to serve you and the team and create a culture of giving you the resources and the, and the support you need to play your part in the overall goal. That's leadership. So then to lead myself, I must answer the question. What's the vision that I have for my life? Yeah. What do I want to have? What do I want to do? What do I want to learn? What do I want to give? I want to have a great marriage. I want to have a healthy relationship with my kids. Hmm. I want to have a small business that takes care of me and my family. And and if I can, my employees and help them with their retirement, give back to the community. You begin to just say, what is it that I want for my life? What's the vision for my life? 30 years from now, if I'm looking back, what is the story that I want to tell? So that's the vision, just like I said before, okay? And, and, And remind yourself, why? Why is that what I want? Now, what do I have to do to get there? And and so that now sets your priorities. That's right. So I'm I'm beginning with the end in mind. And so to how to lead yourself, well, you got to cast a vision and make it very, very, very clear what the vision is and make the why very clear. That's that's your purpose. And then you set your life up, make the big decisions early and manage those decisions daily. That's leading yourself. Now, there was a second part to the question. Now, now talk about, we understand how to lead ourselves. We've set a vision. We have a purpose. You know, we're we're going after our mission. Now talk about how do we lead up up to our boss? And so just really quickly, Ken, my my aunt was a leadership coach out of Decatur, Alabama. And she taught me a tremendous amount, still does every time we connect. But, you know, she used to tell me this phrase, lead up all the time. And I just got so sick and tired of it because I didn't know what it meant. Right. Like, what, what do you mean lead up? Like, what does that even mean? Tell me about what lead up means. And so I learned from her that leading up is being that star coming up, but having challenging conversations. Right. As much as it is up to my leader of my future, it's up to me even more. It's up to me to go talk to my boss, have a hard conversation. And if I'm not liking how I'm getting paid, am I willing to go show him, hey, this is the body of work that I've done. But I'm also willing to, to, to hear from you. How can I grow to? to make sure that I earned that, right? How do we have those type of conversations as we're coming up through the first three years? Because 
those first three years in the construction in your career, you have a huge opportunity, but you really get a big path for what you, for what you don't know. Walker and I are just coming out of year three, and we're kind of getting out of that point where, hey, guys, you're, you're working for a general contractor. We know you don't know a lot. We know you're in training. Now it's the point where they expect us to have some technical skills to be able to lead people. So talk about that. I know that was a big question, but talk about how do we move out of that transactional relationship and, and have real relationships with our boss? Yeah, it's a great question. So the way we lead up is first and foremost, by building a relationship with them as you laid that out. You've got to have a relationship with them that is beyond boss-employee. Okay, so that relationship is going to develop over time. And what builds the relationship beyond the transactional boss, employee, you tell me what to do. I do it, report back to you. And hopefully I do it enough where you give me a raise. Okay, that's very transactional. A relational, uh, a, a relationship with your leader will allow you to lead up. So the relationship is going to be built on trust, them trusting you. So mm-hmm. the first piece of that is, reliability. You've got to be reliable. They ask you to do something, you do it and you crush it and you crush your daily job description and anything they ask, they, they begin to go, I, I trust them. I trust them because they're reliable. They show up when they're supposed to show up and they do what they're supposed to do and they do it right. Okay. Now that's the first level. So now we've built level kind of that that base level of trust. They trust your person of character. Now you're looking for opportunities and don't do this until you've established reliability. But once you've established reliability, now you're looking for opportunities where they may be frustrated, they may be discouraged, they may be angry about something that has nothing to do with you. And so if if they are frustrated or overworked in something, you, you see it, you go, hey, I can tell you're swamped. Is there anything I can do to take this load, lighten the load for you? Okay, that's that's one option. If they are frustrated, just go, hey, you doing okay? I can tell you're you're a little down or you know, you're a little agitated. You okay? You doing all right? I'm just checking on you. That takes a little bit of guts, but you have you have immediately taken off your employee hat. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, will they take off their boss hat? But you got to take the hat off first. And all of a sudden, you're not an employee, you're a person. So instead of employee and boss, it's Larry and Bob. And Larry goes, and Bob's his boss. He goes, and Larry says, Bob, hey, man, I noticed you okay. I'm just checking on you. It's none of my business. You don't have to tell me. But I just want to make sure you're okay, man. If you just need to talk, I'm here. See, that's a humanness there. Now, you, you, you're not being nosy. and You can say, hey, you don't, and I don't want to pry, but I'm just checking on you. And even if they go, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. You've just built another layer of trust there. You've shown that you saw them as, as a human. Remember, your boss is good. just as human as you are. So they felt seen. If they do start to open up to you, they feel heard. And, you know, there's a great quote, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not stealing it, but I forget his name. But he says, when people feel listened to, they start to tell you things. And that's so simple, but so profound. And so if you can build a relationship with your boss by finding ways to take some pressure off of them or just be a human to them. Hey, here's another thing. Just ask them how their family's doing. Even if they're they're smiling, hey, how's your family doing? Learn about them. 
be interested in them. And all of a sudden, they will become interested in you. So those are some things right there that build the relationship and build the trust to where you get to a point one day where you can go, hey, listen, I feel like I need to tell you this. There's some there's some stuff going on uh, with this, this, and this. And, and I'm just trying to make you aware of it because I think if you as the leader are aware of it, you can you can help be the solution. And I want to try to help too, but just an FYI. And they begin to see again, you're not butt kissing, you're not, you're not doing any of that, but you are you are helping them just as a a, a private, you know, would come up to their sergeant in the battle and go, sir, there's there's a movement over here, you know, and that leader needs to know that. And so beginning to serve them and lead up by going, hey, you need to be aware of something. There's a blind spot here. I'm just letting you know. But see, you can't do that until they trust you. It's really good. You can't lead up by saying, hey, I want to challenge you on something. The way you talked the other day to this person, I saw them, I saw them retreat. But so you can't do that. Yeah. You cannot do that until you've built a relationship of trust to where they know you're not coming at them for any ulterior motive. So to me, that's how you lead up is you are essentially influencing them from below. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So what if you have a, what if you're a guy that's like, listen to this, he says, you know, that's great and all this is really good advice, but my boss is, he's just a jerk. He's mean, right? It's hard to talk to him. He doesn't have uh, the ability to have like a personal relationship. And when I come to work, I just really don't enjoy being there. How do you approach like kind of a hostile situation like yeah. that? Well, that's tough. So I'm going to give you best case scenario to try to redeem this, to try to overcome this and work through this. Cause we can't, you know, there are times where it's very clear. I'm out. I got to leave. I can't, this is ridiculous. But I think there are a lot of times where we can work through stuff like this. So my first answer is based on that. Number one, if you've got that boss, you need to understand that there's a good chance they're not a bad person. They're just a bad leader. And the reason they're a bad leader is because they're hurting. They are fearful. They are insecure, doubtful. And they've never been taught how to lead people through those emotions. They've never seen it modeled. Or they could just be hurting personally. Mm -hmm. And it's coming out in their work. Their life could be falling apart at home. And they don't have the option to go home and go see a therapist. And they've they've drug all that pain to work with them. So I think I'd start with just because they're exhibiting some bad leadership or some bad, you know, communication tactics that a leader shouldn't do does not mean they're a bad person. So I would start with some grace and I would do my best to try to figure out what's going on. And I think with a little bit of observation, you can figure out that they may, they, if they talk to everybody that way, well, then it's not you. Um, It's them. And I would still try to connect with them and, they may rebuff you, but you may find out, you know, say, hey, everything all right? You doing okay? You Everything okay at home? Yeah, hey, you okay, man? Like, is there anything? Mm-hmm. I- oh, yeah, my wife. You know, and they didn't tell you what it is, but they gave you a clue. And then you yeah. go, okay. Got it. This dude's hurting. I-, I think that's important to then go, all right, 
I can give them grace and mercy when they bark at me because now I know it's not personal. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. It's not right. But they're going through a lot of crap right now, and, and I can understand. Yeah, in the same way that you talked about being curious in your work and learning the, the technical skill if you're a tradesman, be curious about other people. Like you said, don't try to be nosy, be prying the whole time, right? I can I can do that in a bad way. I can sit and talk to somebody for an hour and realize, oh, crap, I need to get back to work, right? Like I'm willing to, to really just help someone, and if they're willing to share it, that's, that's who I am. I'd love, I'd love to help. Um, but do that in a way, and majority of the times, Ken, I, I'm going to be honest, I haven't met a person, like you said, that doesn't want to talk about themselves. There's people that want to talk about who they are, their story. It means something to them because it's theirs, right? And so being able to do that and just be interested and curious and who Walker Law or who Ken Coleman is makes them really fired up. And I think eventually you get to that trust point like you're talking about. But, Ken, it's it's flown by. And as we wind down, we always ask these two questions. My question to you is, if you were going to encourage someone to come into the construction industry, what are some qualities you think they should have? Well, number one, I think you need to have some core talents. I think you need to be talented in that construction phase, whatever that is. If it's carpentry, you probably should have a pretty good handle on geometry. It should have been an easy class for you, you know, good with your hands and your head. Um, do you have those core talents? If you if you are just okay, you've got some, some talent, you can figure it out. You can learn the skill. But if you don't have the talent like me, Okay, I'm like a, on a scale of one to 10, I'm a two. So I should not go into construction because no matter how much training I did, the best I would be is a four and they don't hire fours, they fire fours, okay? And so, so I wanna know that on the talent side. The other thing is, is I'd wanna know, do I enjoy the environment in which I'm gonna be working? Fast paced, moving around <clears throat> different projects, you know, do I like building and, and fixing and, do I love that kind of work? And, and, and if I do, then I'm in good shape. And so those are the things you need to know, because if not, it, it won't be long before you go. Just because I'm good at it doesn't mean that I enjoy it. And I know a lot of seven figure earners who are really good with numbers that work on Wall Street and they hate their job. So right. it's not just talent. It's passion to you. got to love that type of work. It's really good. Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head. And I don't, actually, I don't think we've had that answer before to nope, that question nope. either. That's so right. that's awesome. Ken, our final question, you, you've done a lot. You've had a lot of different jobs, careers, and now you're living your dream of what you want to do, right? If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what advice would you give yourself? Fail faster hmm. that's good. and wait longer. Hmm. What I mean by that is I would not have been as cautious in certain things mm -hmm. i would have tried and taken some leaps a little bit earlier you know calculated risk but i would have i would have failed faster i just mm. you know i would have just got into it faster i i you know it's all good and i i you know but i probably you know three or four years sitting in atlanta you know i could have been doing more broadcasting failing faster i i could have yeah. been failing faster. I did. I'll just keep saying that. I think just try stuff, fail and learn, man. I That's mean, right. the faster I fail, the quicker I learn. Yeah. Uh, so that's the first piece. And the second piece is wait longer. Hmm. I think, um, 
we humans miss so much in life because we aren't willing to wait long enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite scene <laughs> in Braveheart. Have you guys seen Braveheart? You're so young, oh, yeah. you probably haven't. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Great movie. So my favorite scene, it's that battle scene and the British have there, they've got everybody out there. And it's that, and that's the scene where they've got those long poles. They cut all those trees into sharp mm-hmm. objects and they got them laid in front. And they're waiting for the cavalry to get close enough to where they open, they pick up those spears and they just take out all those horses. Mm-hmm. And do you remember the scene? They're just, here comes the cavalry, the charge, and they're thundering and the ground is shaking and the hooves and the, here come the horse and it just looks like certain death. You can see the Scots are getting all nervous. And Wallace has got a plan and he starts to go, he goes, hold, you remember that? And he goes, hold, you know, and it gets thundering and he goes, hold, you know, and he's just telling those guys, you know, because the instinct is, you know, the more we want it, you know, and and when we don't get it, we just go, ah, I'm tired of waiting. And I think the magic of that scene really lays out what I'm talking about, that the great tension of life is in waiting, meaning that you, you're not sitting around eating Twinkies yeah. and watching Netflix. You, yeah. You're getting up and doing, doing, practicing, learning, failing. Working towards it. But you, you keep showing up, hmm. and you keep showing up, and you keep showing up. That's right. And you wait for that opportunity that's, that, that will only come if you keep showing up. That's right. I love it. Yeah, that's so good. And especially in today's age of technology and, and everything, you get it now as soon as you want it, right? Amazon in a day, it is getting harder and harder, especially for our generation to do that. So fantastic advice, Ken. Thank you thank so you. much for getting on. Kurt, thank you so much for helping set this up. We just true, truly appreciate both of y'all's time today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. You guys are doing great work. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you.